Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. You guys ready to receive the word this morning? Hearts ready? Minds ready? I can't hear you guys. Come on now. Help me out. Remember we talked about this last week? This can't be a monologue. It's got to be a dialogue. It's got to be something happening. I got to know you're here, that you're awake. It's a three-day weekend. It's, it's one of those things. You're thinking about your family that went to Disney, right, Denise? But, hey, you're here. And you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. We're believing God has a, a purpose for you, even in this message. So, uh, man, God in heaven, we again just say, use this time. Speak to our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Yeah, I need you guys. I need your, your help this morning. I kind of woke up a little bit uh, under the weather and, and battling something. And, you know, that's what the enemy tries to do. He always does that, doesn't he? I mean, he, he comes at us, and, and uh, you've been there, I'm sure. And uh, that's exactly where uh, I am and, and uh, just kind of fighting something that, that uh, I think my daughter gave to me. I think Macy gave this thing to me. So we'll get through it together, and uh, just don't get too close to me. If I already gave you a hug this morning, I'm sorry. <laughs> just disinfect a little bit. But uh, how's everybody doing? Feeling good? All right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about the message this morning. We've been in the This Is Us series for what seems like forever, but it's kind of coming to a conclusion. This, this series that has been talking about everything that is us. This is us. Who we are, what we're passionate about, and taking a look at our scripture, local context, and introducing to you the core values of Renew Church and, and uh, the things that we seek to grow with and to grow around. You know, I was uh, at the radio station. They, they give me the opportunity every once in a while, the local Christian radio station, 90.9 Life FM. I, I got to, the opportunity to be on the air this week and talking with Donna Jean, the, the radio DJ, and she's asking, man, how's it going? How's the church? And I said, well, we're doing good. You know, we're, we're a baby church. So you have to, when you're a baby, you have to crawl before you can walk, right? You have to walk before you run, and you run before you, you know, Take and get it, get in a car, and all these other things. But we are kind of crawling along and kind of figuring ourselves out a little bit. But it's important that in the This Is Us series that you know this is what we do. This is what we don't do. If we didn't do that, if we didn't talk about these things, if we didn't discuss these things, then what would happen? Then um, it it wouldn't be uh, it, it wouldn't create for us who we are. Our, our identity would kind of be a little bit um, maybe misconstrued or confused and what we want to do is we want to just try to like paint a picture for you of this is who we are this is what we're all about so we are a church that pursues the next generation we care about ch children and teens we start with worship we believe in it it's important to us uh, we love our city so we're going to do things that show that we love our city we have fun together we're on a co-mission we plant churches last week we talked about how we disciple through small groups and we just have a couple left. We talk about this this week and next. Primarily this morning, I'm going to be talking about we give irrationally and we preach good news. This morning, I want to focus in on we give irrationally. 
And I want to talk to you a little bit about what that is. And before you uh, walk out the door or think, you know, this is my exit plan, maybe you, that makes you a little nervous when the church and the pastor starts talking about giving, uh, just hang on for a few minutes and let's, let's just hear me out. What does that mean to give irrationally? Why is that a core value? First of all, here's what it's not. It's not we give ignorantly. We give irrationally does not mean that we give ignorantly. We don't waste what God has made us steward over. We don't give to a group organization that doesn't have our heart or our focus. So even using our core values will help us to see where we put and where we invest the the finances and the the resources that God has given to us. A friend of mine asked me uh, a, a month or so ago, he was talking to me about a ministry opportunity in Fort Lauderdale. And he said, you know, this is a great opportunity. And I said, you know, it is a great opportunity for some, but let me just kind of bring you back to our core values because we love our city. And that means that we're focused in on nothing against Fort Lauderdale, but God has called us to reach this city. So if it's not in this city, we may not do it just right off the jump. That's one of those things that kind of helps us define and identify the things that that God has called us to. God has has, uh, um, challenged us to be very, very good stewards of the things that we have, of the time, the resources, whatever it is that he's given to us. We don't give ignorantly, but we also don't give compulsively. We don't give compulsively. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in in there, this this is subtitled in, in my Bible. It says, generosity encouraged. And this is what it says. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly, and I think I'm jumping ahead, Amor, on the screen, but 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Are you hearing this? Sowing. In other words, when you sow seed, when you're scattering seed, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, and I love this part, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Leave this on the screen for just a minute. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Everybody likes to quote that part. You know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. They even make it a little bit more like holy sounding, and they go King James, and they say, you know, the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. You know that, right? So you probably ought to give to this. But the very verse before, the very words before that says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly and not under compulsion. In other words, not like emotionally manipulated, not because somebody kind of made you feel like you have to do it, but instead the way in which God has called you to do it. So we don't give ignorantly, but we also don't give compulsively. That's, that's it on that slide. You can take that down. We are a church that wants something for people and not from them. We are a church that wants something for people and not from them. So you're talking about giving today, right, Pastor? Yes, I'm talking about giving today. But you want something for me and not from me? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay, why am I doing this third person thing? I'm not for sure why. Maybe it's the medicine or what. I don't know. But you know what I want for people at Renew Church? I want them to experience generosity. I want them to experience generosity. You know, I've been described as a lot of things in my life. Uh, I'm a driven person. I'm a moral person. I'm a good person. I, I've been described as, as humble, 
Uh, it's hard to say you're humble when you're standing up here saying you're humble, right? Uh, kind, sometimes tender-hearted. A lot of people would notice that when you, you see me preach about every other time I preach, I, I begin to weep. But, but I've been described as all these things. I've been described as handsome, you know, the best-looking person around, like athletic. Like, the, the, who said, yeah, right? <laughs> I've been described as a genius, you know. Maybe, why is everybody laughing? Okay, maybe those last three I haven't been described as, but a good person for the most part, I think. Nobody laughed, so okay. But generosity has never really been one of the characteristics, like the strongest characteristics for me. If I'm honest with you, it's not one of those things that everybody just says, wow, he is just so generous. Trevor is is the most generous person I know. I have to work at that. I have to work at being generous. In fact, in Financial Peace, which is a, a program that we're going to be offering soon, maybe not this coming small group season, but in the small groups in the future, in, in, in Financial Peace, we talk a little bit about, uh, they, they teach on the fact that there are two different types of people in the relationship, in the married relationship. When you're going through this, the husband and the wife, they need to know who they are. There's the nerd, and then there's the free spirit. So in the, in, the, in the husband and wife relationship, there's the nerd and there's the free spirit. So the nerd is the one that's kind of like hanging on to every dime and, and nickel and counting everything and budgeting and everything. That's me. And then there's the free spirit. And the free spirit is the one that's just like, wow, I, I can't believe I have this extra money in my pocket. And look at that. It's on sale. It's, it's you know... 90% off, whatever. It, 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 I need to get, get it. Like, I have to have it, even though I already have three of those. Do you know who the free spirit is in my family? <laughs> okay, sorry. That was really, really mean. Um, I love you, Mist. You're my girl. But, I, but I'm the nerd. Like, generosity is not my thing. Generosity is not what I, I'm great at. I'm the nerd. She's the free spirit. But when it comes to this, um, man, it's not always the best thing. Like, because nerd is also described as cheap sometimes. And that really hurts my feelings when you call me cheap. But it's what I am sometimes. I'm cheap. And, and that's probably an accurate description of me. So it's something that I have to work on. And as the leader of this church, I need to consider this as it relates to how we reach our community. So giving irrationally doesn't mean to be wasteful with our giving. But to give in such a way that in the eyes of the rest of the world, they may say, well, that's a bad investment. Or why would you give them that? Like, what are they going to give you back? Maybe nothing. But that's what irrational giving is. When God puts it on your heart to do something for someone with nothing expected in return. It doesn't mean that I'm not a steward of what is given to me. We take the resources God has given us and use them for his kingdom And as with the parable of the talents, if we don't use them right, they can be taken from us. You know the parable of the the talents and and the the master, and he he gives talents. One he gives one, one he gives three, and one he gives five. And and, uh, he says, go and and use them. And when he goes on a journey, he comes back, and and the one that had five goes and gains five more. The one that had three goes and gains three more. And the one that only had one, he buries it in the ground. And when he comes back, he says, here's your talent back. And the guy goes, you're wicked and lazy what I didn't waste your money I didn't use it I didn't I didn't blow it he was like yeah but you could have done something with this and you did nothing with it so it doesn't mean to bury it in the ground but it also doesn't mean to waste it we have to be irrational with our giving but we have to be thoughtful with our giving 
not compulsive, but from our heart, giving the way that God has called us to give. We've done some amazing things since launching Renew Church. Taking the money that you've invested back into Renew Church, that you've given from your tithes and offerings, we've already been able to give $32,000 back into church planting through the ARC network that we're a part of. Renew Church was, was given $50,000 to start this church, to buy the equipment and, and to invest and to make some of the investments. But they, they said, we're going to give you this grant with the expectation that you're going to pay it forward, that you're going to reinvest back into church planting. And in 10 short months, since January the 27th, we've already given $32,000 back. That deserves a round of applause for you. $32,000 has already been reinvested because they don't, they don't want it for themselves. They don't charge interest on it, and they're not using it for, for, uh, to, to, to you know, pay salaries or anything else. But they want to help other churches plant other churches across the country. So they say, we're going to give you $50,000 with the expectation that you're going to give it back. No interest, no charges, but just invest as God is blessed. And so that's what we've done in that way. Since we started 10 months ago, we've sent a U-Haul truck, a plane, and a container of hurricane supplies to the Bahamas after Hurricane Dorian, all because of your generosity, because of the things that you've given. You should give a round of applause for every single one of these things that I'm going to say. We've given over $1,000 to Norma Butler Bassard School. Just this week, we gave $50, I mean, uh, $50. $5 gift cards to the teachers at Norma Butler Bassard Elementary. This week alone, we gave $500 to Life FM to support that local radio station that is a nonprofit station carrying God's word into the airwaves of Miami-Dade County. Uh, we're planning to collect supplies and give Thanksgiving baskets to the needy families at uh, Norma Butler at the school that our church meets at. We're selling 100 Christmas trees, as Mikey mentioned, selling 100 Christmas trees for the purpose of, of giving 100% of the proceeds back to missions and hurricane relief. So as Mikey said, that you, you need to buy a tree from us. Don't put that fake tree up. Come and buy a tree from us. Because why? Because every dollar of that cost, everything, that gross amount is going straight to missions and hurricane relief. You're giving to bless others. We made the initial investment. We bought the trees. And then all of the proceeds are going to go straight into missions. You see, generosity is a state of mind, not a status. Generosity is a state of mind, not a status, a social status. You think about this for a minute. You could be rich and greedy. And that's the one that oftentimes we think about when we think about people that are not generous. You think about the rich person that's greedy, the rich man that only wants to build more barns and accumulate more wealth, and all of a sudden at the end of his life it's taken from him. You know that story, right? It's in the scriptures, right? You've heard that before. You can be, however, not just rich and greedy, you can be poor and greedy, can you not? You can be poor and greedy. That servant who forces others to pay him back, the one that, that was, was uh, uh, given grace and, and the king forgiven him of all of his debt. But then when, when it was time to forgive somebody else their debt, he said, oh, I'm not going to forgive him. And he forces others to pay them back. You could be rich and greedy. You could be poor and greedy. You can be rich and generous like Boaz in the Old Testament who saved Ruth and Naomi. And, and uh, actually even in the, in the line of Jesus, because of Boaz's generosity, uh, he was actually in the, um, in the line, in the generational line. You can be rich and generous, but 
how many of you know you can even be poor and generous? Like, it's not a status. Generosity is a state of mind. Think about the woman that came into the temple. And Jesus is looking there, and here comes a man with all kinds of wealth. And as he's getting out his offering, he's making noise. And he's letting people know. He's kind of flashing it around to make sure that when he drops it into the bucket, or however he pays his, brings his offering into the temple, he wants everybody to know. And then there's this poor little widow that she walks in. And with what little she has, she takes these two copper coins. She puts it in the, in the plate. And Jesus says, this is the one that was generous. This lady was the one that was generous. This guy, he gave out of his abundance. And, and this guy, when he gave, like, he's already received his reward. Everybody knows what he does. Everybody knows that he wants that. Like, he received what he gets. But this woman... She gave out of her poverty. This is the one that's generous. So generosity is not a status. It's a state of mind. What's your state of mind? My text today is, I know I've quoted and used several different verses, but my primary text today is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I hope you guys have that. You have it, Anwar? And now, brothers and sisters... We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Good, there it is. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Wait right there. Okay, so the Apostle Paul is writing this note to the church at Corinth, and he says to them, brothers and sisters, we want, to know, want you to know about the grace of God that God has given to the Macedonian churches. So he's writing a letter to the church at Corinth, but he's telling them a story about the church in Macedonia, the churches at Macedonia. And he says, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. You see, that's that math that I don't always understand. That's the kind of math that doesn't make sense to me. They had a severe trial, and they had extreme poverty, but in that, they also had this overflowing joy, and in that overflowing joy, it welled up a rich generosity. These people had that kind of generosity. Let's go on to the next slide. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Even beyond their ability entirely on their own. And they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. 
Okay, so I want to I want to talk about these things for just a minute. In the midst of a severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. It doesn't add up. It's bad math, but that's the way it worked. They were calling Paul the apostle was calling the church at Corinth, and he was saying, "Hey, listen, the church at Jerusalem needs help, and the Macedonians are helping." but can I remind you that you need to help? You need to do your part. Because obviously something was going on with them at the church in Corinth. They were kind of hanging on to it. And he said, I need you to do your part to help us help them. And this is what the Macedonians did. See, generosity is a state of mind. It's not a status. We know, everybody knows somebody that's successful, powerful, rich, owns it all, yet they don't have that generous state of mind. They have a rich status, but a poor state of mind. The Macedonians, they, they, they might have been poor, but their state of mind was rich. It was wealthy. It was generous. They, the second thing is, is they gave beyond their ability, it says, and they urgently pleaded with us for the opportunity to, to share in the service. When's the last time you begged somebody to take something from you as far as like, uh, you know, a financial gift or any other kind of gift at Christmas time? We're coming up to that. Have you ever had to beg your kids, please take this brand new Xbox? Please. I, I just, it's what I want to do. I want to give it to you. No, mom, I don't want it. I don't, I don't need it. They urgently pleaded, please, even in the midst of their, their, their poverty, they, they pleaded for this opportunity to share in the service. They gave first to the Lord and then also to us. They were saying, please let me be a blessing. Please let me help the church in Jerusalem. This wasn't that spirit of obligation that sometimes you see walking around our, our, our uh, society today. The spirit of, man, I guess... Only because I know the guy, or only because I have to, or only because I'm. Uh, uh, this is this is what I was raised to do. No, it's not that spirit of obligation. It's a spirit of generosity. I I always think about my brother Jimmy, who does what he does. Like he came in from New York City late last night, and he texted me this morning, and I I was totally like gonna give him the the night off. I was like, I mean, the day off because he drives the truck for us. And, and he got in, I don't know, it must have been close to midnight. And he texts me this morning and says, Trevor, is anybody driving the truck? And I said, no, but if you, don't, if you can't, don't worry. And he's like, no, I got it. I got it. And every time he does that, like he says this thing, if you know Jimmy, just in his Jimmy voice, bro, I, I do it for God. That's, that's how he says it. I just do it for God. Like, I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I do it for God. And I love that heart. I love that spirit. It's not a spirit of I'm ob obligated to do it. It's a spirit of generosity that says, I want to do this. Please don't stop me from doing this. And the Macedonian churches were setting that example for the Corinthian churches. So church in Corinth, he's saying to them, it's your turn. Excel in giving. As you excel in everything else, excel in giving. You are excellent. That's the, that's the root of that word, excellent. So what do people say about you? You're an excellent singer. You're an excellent student. You're excellent parents. They're saying you're excellent in many ways. But how are they when it comes to being excellent in giving? 
I want to encourage you to not miss the opportunity to excel in the grace of giving. Maybe God's given us an opportunity and he says, Renew Church, you're really good at a lot of things. You're really good at worship. You're, you're really good at evangelism and, and you're doing some great things in the community. But you're just not that great at giving. I don't want them to say that. I don't want him to say that about us. So we've started this campaign it's an initiative, I guess, not really a campaign. It's not a long-term thing, but we're calling it hashtag Renew Generosity. Hashtag Renew Generosity. And Renew Generosity is attractive. To set the trend, you have to be attractive. It has to, people have to be attracted to it. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're uh, attractive, people are drawn to you, right? When you, when you have a, 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 a new car, a new thing, people kind of take a look at you, right? They look at that. They see that. I think that you can be attractive financially as well, even by being generous with what you have. People take notice and they talk about it. Renewed generosity is attractive. Renewed generosity is contagious. When you walk into a restaurant, maybe you've done this before, you're, you're, you're getting to your seat, they're taking you to your seat and you see what someone else has ordered and it's on the table and you're like, I don't even need a menu. I just saw what they have, I want that. That's what I want. It's contagious. When somebody sees what you do, when somebody sees your generosity, it becomes contagious. And they would say then, wow, I want what he has. I want to be like that person. I want to I have that kind of impact. Renewed generosity is contagious. They do what they do because it's been done to them. So what you'll find is, is when you're generous to someone else, they're going to pay it forward. Oftentimes, they're going to do it for someone even else. And renewed generosity is encouraged. We want this for you more than we want something from you. Like, I know that maybe you're thinking to yourself, wow, Trevor, you're, you, you, this is just like a, a, a secret. Like, you're just trying to, like, manipulate a message on making us give more. No. We want something for you more than we want something from you. I want something for you more than I want something from you. I want generosity for you because I've seen what it does in people. I'm going to invite Steph to come back up. I, I, I feel like, that, that, like it's the greatest thing that you can do with the resources that you have. Whether you're ultra rich or ultra poor, like you can be generous with the things that you have. And I want generosity for you. Because I've seen the impact that it's had on me when other people have been generous to me and for me when I do it for others, which is a struggle as I admitted to you earlier. I'm not the most generous person on my own. But you know that verse where Paul is talking in 2 Corinthians chapter 8? He goes on to say that you need to excel in the grace of giving. But then he says in verse 8, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become, so that you through his poverty might become rich. He wasn't just speaking of a material poverty. 
It was a poverty that resulted in the world mocking him, beating him, lying about him, falsely accusing him, and sentencing him to death for us. Like, if you, like, want to see a picture of what generosity looks like, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Left his throne in heaven. Came to earth, like, born in a stable amongst farm animals. Came down and, and lived a normal, natural life. He was fully God, but he was fully man. That's our, that's our theology. That's what we know and believe. Experienced all that emotion, yet was without sin. Experienced everything that we go through today. The good times and the bad times. All the struggle. Then he began a movement. Began to tell people about the kingdom of God and lead them to this new like covenant saying that this covenant is not just in what was done with Moses and the Israelites many years ago it's done here and now in my blood poured out for you because I'm about to die for you I'm about to sacrifice my life for you I'm going to be that perfect lamb I'm going to give of myself for you are you seeing the generosity that happened John chapter 3, verse 16, it's probably the most famous verse in all of the Bible. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but he would have everlasting life. Man, I want generosity for you because that's what Jesus did for me. I want generosity for you because that's, that's like the example that God set for me when he gave of his only begotten son. He's not asking of us to give our lives, to sacrifice our life, but to return a portion of what he's given to us that he's blessed us with. I know what you're thinking. I earn that, Pastor. Who gave you the talent to earn that? No, I made that. I, I built that business. Who taught you that? Like, who showed you that? It's all God, man. you got to go back to who did it. I know you think it's you, but it's God. I want generosity for you. So here's what we're doing this morning, and I think our ushers are kind of getting ready in the back. We're doing something we've never done before. And um, we have uh, decided that we're going to ask you guys to be irrationally generous, irrational givers. So in just a minute, you guys stay right where you're at. Stay right there for just a minute. In just a minute, I'm going to call, call them to the front. We've never passed the plates. You guys notice that? We've never passed the plates, never passed the buckets, anything. You give, you give online, you give on your way out, you drop the money in the box or in the bucket on your way out. But today we're passing the buckets. But instead of you putting anything in the bucket, we're asking you to take something out of the bucket. We have an envelope in there. And inside this envelope is a, uh, a card an invitation to Renew Church, and 20 bucks cash. 
And we're asking you to give irrationally this week, to sow into something this week with no explanation, no, um, no rules. The only rule is, is if you need it, use it for yourself. If it's for you because you really needed it and this was God saying to you, um, I love you this much that take this, then, then it's for you. God bless you and receive it. So there's not even a rule in that. But if you can do this, I'm asking you to take the 20 bucks and be a blessing to someone else. There's all kinds of ways to do it. You could go to the local McDonald's and just start buying meals. Not a lot, maybe three meals, I guess. You can buy waters on the street and uh, buy waters at the store and hand them out on the street. You can go buy groceries for a neighbor. You can uh, pay for somebody's gas. You can take flowers to a nursing home. You can visit some first responders at the at the the fire station and take them a meal. Um, you can pay for the person behind you at the drive-through. You can go to your neighbor and just hand it to them and say, "I love you," and and I'd love for you to come to our church. I'm looking for creative things. I'm looking for creative ways, and I don't care what you do. All I ask is, is that you take the money, that you use it the way that God would have you, and that you fill out this card saying, this is what I did with the money. Not because we're going to collect it or know exactly who it is, but just I, I just love to be able to report this is what God did with the $1,000 that we have. So, if you are uh, here this morning, and uh, it doesn't matter who you are, I think we have just about enough for everybody to get one. Maybe, let me, let me limit it. If you're under the age of um, 15, like, hang on, and let's make sure. If, if you're a couple and you want to just take one, just take one. Um, but make sure, if you're, if you're a, a household, that you at least get one of these. If you want to take two, take two. But ushers, come forward. We're going to pray over this. And uh, then we're going to sing a song as, um, as the ushers pass the buckets. Yeah, musicians, if you want to come up. God in heaven, we want to be generous. We want to give irrationally. And so even with the $1,000 that we have, even with the money that's here in these, in these envelopes, God, we pray that it would be a blessing to our community, whether it be to, to, to a random uh, a complete stranger or to somebody that we know that just really needs it or the person in the store before us or behind us or whatever, God, just use us in a special way as we give irrationally. Thank you, oh God, for this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Musicians, if you'll come back and um, you guys just take one and then pass that down. Now
Amen. Let's hold these up for me. Would you guys stand with me this morning? Hold them up. Hold them up. Hopefully you have one. If you were shy about it, like, don't be shy about it. Let's make sure you get one. Corey, you got one of these? Make sure you get one. I want every household to have one. Every, everybody has one. Awesome. We're going to pray over them even now that God would use it for his kingdom. God, we, we ask that you would bless this. God, that this would be a seed sown into somebody's life. And uh, it might be just two copper coins, but it might change somebody's life. It may not seem significant, but it might literally change someone's destiny someone's eternity and so we're praying and believing that you would do that through individuals and people God that no matter the amount God it's the heart and that it would 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 touch someone in a way that might even uh turn them over to you we thank you for that it's in Jesus name we pray amen if would do me a favor keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a minute I want to I want to make sure that if there would be even one in this room that hasn't experienced the generosity maybe there's somebody in the room that hasn't experienced this generosity I don't, I don't know what it is that uh, um, you might be going through maybe you're, you're struggling with something in your own life and here and now today would be that day for you just to say man God I, I want to give to you my life because when I give you my life you can multiply it you can use it in bigger and better ways and in greater ways than you can do with yourself like than you can do on your own but you haven't surrendered it to him if you haven't surrendered your life to him and you want to do that today this is the perfect opportunity it's a simple prayer it's a prayer of faith it says Lord Jesus I believe in you that you died on the cross for me Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for, for, for coming to earth to die for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and make me brand new. God, I want to I wanna live for you. I want to give my life over to you. Because of your generosity over me, God, I want to be, I want to give my life back to you. So save me, I pray. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to invite you to fill out the connection card on your seat there and let us know. And we'd love to minister to you, talk to you about taking next steps at church, uh, whether it be baptism or getting involved in the ministry of the Renew Crew or small groups or whatever the case may be. But, uh, man, we're super excited about what God is doing in and through us and what God's going to do even in the in the in this Renew Generosity initiative. Thank you so much. Mikey, come on up. Give it up for our pastor, man. This is really cool. Trevor, this is a really cool idea. Thank you for letting us be a part of that. Thank you. So before we get into praying over the offering, I just want to wanna give a little shout out to my man Corey and the Palmetto High School. They won their first uh, playoff game. Yes, sir. What was it? 60, 68? was it 64 68 68-0 that's right you got to mention the zero that's right yes sir we're proud of you man we're definitely proud of you Corey so but this is the time of our service we like to continue to worship God through our givings of tithes and offerings so let's play over that right now 
God, thank you for this morning, Lord. God, I pray that you just continue to move in our hearts, Lord, as we just continue to, to see how great and how generous you are and you have been in our lives, God. Lord, I pray that you bless this offering this morning, Lord, and continue to use it, Father, to, to just glorify you, glorify your kingdom, Father. And I just pray that you continue to use us as your hands and feet, Father. Lord, we thank you for who you are, God. Bless these families on their way home, God. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you all so much. Have a great Sunday. Whose love is mine